Welcome exceptional realtors and investors nationwide. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2021, and this is Mastermind Podcast number 356. As I was as I was just saying before we started the recording, um, we're here for you. We're looking for your win of the week. We're looking for your idea of the week. We're looking for challenges, success stories. This call is all about you, so we'll stay as long as it takes, and if you don't have anything, uh, we'll all get back to work. Um, it's rare that we don't have at least a couple, but right now we do not have anyone in the queue. Uh, partners, Tim, anything anything you want to go over this week? Any announcements? No, I, I just like hearing you talk, Jim. I think it's great. Me too. I it's My wife loves it too. <laughs> she, she tells me that all the time. I don't, she always tells me I don't... I, she always tells me you don't talk enough, Jim. So yeah, appreciate that, Bruce. What so, word? Yeah, I do. The only thing I would go ahead, Tim first. Oh, all I was going to say is, unfortunately, I'm driving. I got stuck in traffic on the way back, so I'm in my in my truck right now. I'll be back to the office shortly and be a little bit. That's why you didn't hear any wonderful music to start with. The one thing I was going to uh, say is that you know we're we do. Can you hear me? Can hear you great. Yep. Okay. So what I was going to say is that one of the things that we're going to be doing going forward and we're moving towards this in the next year is trying to make it so that there's more significant reason for people to join us on this call because listening to us talk to ourselves doesn't get us anywhere. And you're correct. We've done a lot of statistical uh, analysis and our podcasts are listened to just a ton, and we know that's a great thing for a lot of people, but the reality is that we can't, uh, we can't, it doesn't do us any good to do these calls without having folks on here and being able to interact with them and solve problems, meet needs, hear good things. So we're going to work out a way to give you some incentives to come join us on this call. And uh, we know that you guys are always motivated by financial incentives or uh, contests or things like that. So I think you can look forward to us doing some of that. Jim, I've been giving some thought to that from a marketing standpoint, and uh, I'll have some stuff to announce next week about what we're going to be doing going forward next year. So as you all know, also, we uh, do offer already a financial incentive for both the win of the week and the idea of the week. And the win of the week is obviously whoever ha- whoever has done their best job out there to make make the most out of a probate lead and maximize an opportunity and close a deal. That's the win of the week. And the idea of the week is someone who's come up with a unique way to market to their customers, to do something unique, share something that you came up with as an idea that has worked well for you, for other people. And in both cases, we offer you a financial incentive. We offer you a, a discount on leads. It's basically worth about 100 bucks to you for either one of those. And we look forward to putting that money out every week and We've kind of been lacking in our ability to do that. So let's make sure we get some wins and get some great ideas on here. That's it, Jim. Absolutely. And we've talked about this several times, but another financial incentive is the uh, cash advance program with our partners at uh, Probate Cash. Um, if you're talking to any of your leads, and there's, and I would just routinely make this another one of the services you offer them, you know, say, tell the people, hey, you know, you you may be just getting started with the probate. It might be three, four, six months until you're going to get any funds. If you need funds to fix up the house, make the mortgage payments. If one of the heirs needs money, you may have, you know, 
mom died, we got to get dad in a nursing home, you know, that type of a situation. Uh, the, the folks at uh, Probate Cash have been awesome, and I know we've had uh, really good results. The people that are taking advantage of it are reporting back to us and telling us how happy they are with it. And the the heirs, with very little hassle, get their cash, get significant portion of their cash, I mean, up to like a half a million dollars, I think, right away. And you guys get a $300 um, referral for being for referring them. So it's a great way that you can monetize these monetize these leads, whether you do business with the people or not. And it's a great way that you can cover the cost of your leads also. So wanted to remind you of that. And Bruce, you have stayed silent too long. I know you had something good to share. <laughs> well, no. Actually, um, what I have to uh, share, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said about offsetting your leads. Um, guys, if if you're in um, if you're in markets, and especially if you either are doing marketing, so you're spending money on marketing, on mail, on websites, um, on ISAs, whatever it is that you're spending money on to uh, kind of accentuate the services and the promotion that you have. Um, I'm a huge advocate of bringing your team in and charging them for value that you give, not just referrals. Not just saying, hey, I'm looking for a referral partner that does X, Y, or Z. Um, do you want in? And then they say yes and then send referrals. But actually sharing um, sharing resources, um, sharing warm leads, um, potentially sharing lists, things like that. Um, if you're doing that in your business, you should definitely be um, leveraging those relationships that you have to offset some of your costs. It's only going to help you expand your reach um, and make more prospecting and marketing touches with your leads. So if you're not doing that, I, I highly encourage um, everyone to um, to do that. Uh, I preach on it a lot, but I, I realized yesterday during foundations class that I hadn't um, talked about that for many months. And I just wanted to put that bug in your ear if it's the first time that you've heard me say it or if maybe you planned on doing it but you've forgotten, go out and talk to those vendors. Talk to those people that are going to get a benefit out of these, uh, out of your prospecting and marketing efforts and bring them into your campaign. Um, now, what I was going to say before that is totally unrelated. Uh, we usually do a role play call on the third uh, Wednesday each month. Um, the third Wednesday uh, this month is just there's a lot of stuff going on with everyone, and so we're going to put the role play call off until January. Um, just wanted to let you guys know in case you were planning on a role play call um, in the next couple of weeks uh, with uh, with the holidays. I think it's best that we they, we reboot it in January. Absolutely, and uh, we have teased before that we've got some incredible new programs coming in the next month or two or three, and uh, 2022 is going to be the year that our company kind of lives up to its name, all the leads. You know, we're going to be providing you with a whole lot more than just probate leads in the coming months and years. So that's a teaser, and I probably said too much already. That's all That's all I got to say about that. Uh, we have no one in the queue. Chuck, anything you want to add this week? Well, I think... You know, as we have a lot of conversations with folks who who are expressing interest in the ISA program, um, I think it really comes down to, you know, hitting the foundations approach and making those calls. And, and if you don't have the opportunity to really put in the hours and make the calls 
day in and day out and consistently do that for six months worth of leads, I think that, I mean, that's one of the key reasons why half of the foundations class really is focused on the calling. And I listened to something this morning that, that said every deal comes from a conversation. You need to have more conversations with people about real estate and definitely this by reaching out to the folks that are on the leads list that you get from all the leads and discussing, you know, where they are and what what their interest to do with the real estate, it's absolutely people are doing deals. Talked with a guy and, and Jim, we talked about this early on in the call a couple minutes before it started, but people are averaging I spoke to one guy, he's doing a wholesale deal every single month by following exactly to the T the the ATL process what what Bruce is teaching and he wasn't he wasn't even as consistent on the follow up and the and the calls as he wanted to and just as a reminder that we are out here um and available to be able to put an ISA into your business framework that can allow you to make those calls and have that done in spite of you Right, because life happens to all of us. We're we're definitely busy, especially this time of year. And the other the other aspect is December is a phenomenal month for for marketing in real estate. It's always been one of the strongest for me in in my business. So even as I'm talking to folks, well, do you think it makes sense to make the calls during this month? Absolutely. Um, this is I mean, when when the holidays come together. This is where a lot of the financial pressures and the stresses and and emotions start to come up and anxieties about financial situations, which can be a driver for somebody to be motivated to sell their property. So it's really important that consistently make implementing marketing, and it doesn't just have to be cold calling, but we do know that consistently people are doing deals by having those cold calls being made to the personal representatives following the approach that that we're teaching and people are doing deals and the opportunity to make those introductions and have those conversations do not coast into the end of the year so definitely hit those phones if you need someone to fill in because you just don't have the the ability in your schedule whether it's due to production or maybe you're looking to get started and you have another full-time job um, Absolutely. Get in touch with the sales folks at all the leads. They can get you on scheduled for a 30 minute conversation with me and I can absolutely get, break down the entire ISA program and how we can help you in your business. Well said, sir. Appreciate it. Um, and I heard Bruce about to chime in with an, I just wanted to add before, before Bruce, if I may, that, um, yeah, we've been doing this for going on seven to eight years now. And, uh, I think you all know all of us have a real estate background. You know, we've sold and managed and, and coached, you know, over the last uh, many, many years. Um, you know, direct mail does work. And we do have – I've gotten in the habit of calling our subscribers on a monthly basis now, and they're usually somewhat surprised to hear from me. But just to kind of see how they're doing, I'm doing that in addition to the coaches. And it surprises me. Um, we do have a number – of subscribers that have been with us for years, they mail, they never pick up the phone, and they get an ROI. They get a minimal ROI, but it's still worth it for them to keep going. Um, we have other people in highly competitive markets that 
you know, can mail, you know, a letter a week for a year and they're not going to get the results if they don't pick up the phone. But one thing we know is true, you know, no matter how many mailings you send out, your results are going to be exponentially better if you do pick up the phone. And I, I think we're sometimes guilty of stressing how important it is if you have the bandwidth, make the calls yourself. That That is important. I'm not discounting it. You know, it's probably true that nobody can sell you like you can. But I also know that there is some value in third-party selling. You know, if you're not, if you don't have the bandwidth because you're so busy, or you just don't have the courage to pick up the phone and you can't, you can't get yourself to do it. Um, there is power in in having someone else call and sing your praises. It's it's a lot easier for someone on the phone to say, uh, I mean, Chuck is phenomenal. Here's he offers so many things, and he's so you know he's been doing this for 35 years, and it's a little easier to have a third party person brag about you. So there is benefit to it. Don't don't think. There's a little bit of a drop-off for, for some people in making the calls yourself, but it's not significant enough not to do it. Um, and, you know, you could even use the – I don't know if anybody's doing this, Chuck and Bruce, but is anybody using our ISAs uh, strictly for – are they – I know they're all using it to initially call the leads. Is anybody also using them for lead follow-up, somebody who's been with us a long time that doesn't even have the bandwidth to follow up on their leads? Is anyone doing that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Almost er most of uh, most everybody is using them um, heavily for lead um, follow up. Now, I've got a we we have a couple of people who um, are following up with old leads that they already established relationships with. As a matter of fact, I, I think it was just sometime this week. It might have been last week that I heard um, I heard uh, one of our subscribers got a deal that. Um, they were able to buy. They they closed it. And the thing is, is they talked to this lead six months ago and forgotten to follow up. And the ISA called, warmed it back up, handed it over, and they've got a closed deal already. So um, there's a lot of different ways to to do that. You could even go so far as to have an ISA call and leave a voicemail for you. There's there's a lot of different ways to um, to leverage that. And uh, if you if you're curious about those, just have a chat with the sales team and Chuck and um, um, figure out. And there's some people's business that it does not work for, by the way. Uh, this just so that this isn't doesn't sound like a full blown commercial for an ISA service. <laughs> um, there are markets that are a little tougher. Some of you have businesses that it's that, that it might not be a perfect fit for. But there's a lot of people that um, are not doing the prospecting that they know that they need to do and know know that they um, they could do. And an ISA is a great complement to to that business. All right. Well, guys, we have no one in the queue. I'm going to do last call for queue. And if we don't get anybody, we'll wrap it up and let you all get back to work. Um, oh, we had someone jump in. Thank you very much. And again, guys, we've got a good turnout on the call. We know you're listening. Don't be afraid to participate. There's no bad question. Uh, there's no... Um, you know, we're not going to laugh at you no matter what your problem is. We're going to try to help you. So hit star six and hit one. And let me go to the person in the queue. First up is phone number ending in 4471. You're up. Good morning. Can you guys hear me? Loud and clear, Loud sir. And clear. Good, 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 good. I have a rather embarrassing question, but I'm sure there's other people out there that are in my same boat. 
I signed up for your services and started getting the leads back in September. But typical cop-out, you get busy closing your deals. I did a couple business trips and then ended up having a pretty big surgery here a few weeks back. So I'm just now hitting the ground with my my new website, uh, getting my mailing marketing program together, getting my brochures together. But the embarrassing part is I'm sitting on leads now from September, October, November, and I just got my December leads. And I'm not sure if I should start with September. Should I start with the new ones in December? You know, maybe in the middle. I just want to have a, a logical sequence to what I'm doing. So I'd appreciate your guys' input on that. Absolutely. Um, this is uh, this is a question. So you you call it an embarrassing question. If it's embarrassing, um, then I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, and I think that a lot of uh, a lot of other people have a similar question. So uh, generally, for uh, folks that have three to three or more months of leads that you really haven't touched yet, uh, I believe that you always want to start with the uh, newest first. Um, I personally believe in a book ending process. So I will go to my newest set of leads first. I'll call through it. I'll then go to my oldest set of leads and call through that. And then I begin to just work toward the middle. Um, once I've called all my leads, I just go from top to bottom and just, uh, just call down from newest to oldest from that point forward. So if I was behind like you, um, you say you are, and you're not really that far behind compared to some people that I talk with, but um, if I was three or four months behind, I'd go to the newest set of leads first, the oldest second, and then I'd start working in toward the middle. Okay, so as far as my 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 calls, I've got that, Bruce, but I'm thinking about as far as my mailers, should I keep that same formula? Mm. Um, actually, I would uh, just go ahead and uh, start a campaign with um, with every single lead. If it was me, I'd start the campaign with all of them and uh, just let your campaign – there's no need to really overthink this. Um, your letters are probably good, or at least they should be, um, and let it um, let it run from start to finish on each set of leads. Now, if you were – the exception to that would be if you have a set of leads that's five or six months old. I probably would just uh, maybe package a smaller, shorter mailing campaign to some of those older leads. I might not do an entire um, five, six, eight-touch mail sequence to, to old leads that are five, six months old. But everybody else under five months old, I'd do an entire sequence on. Okay. Got it. Got it. For clarification, would you expand on a, an entire sequence? Um, so an entire sequence is going to really be um, uh, number one market specific. So how competitive your market is. If it's if it's really competitive, um, some people choose to let the first month or two go by and let their competition burn out a little bit and then pick up a campaign. Other people decide, like I did in my business, I decided to double up what. Uh, what any of my competitors were doing. So for me, a, seek, a mailing campaign is anywhere from 8 to 11 touches in my competitive market. In my smaller markets, I might only do four or five uh, mail touches. So for me, it's typically going to be um, letter, postcard, letter, postcard, letter, postcard. My postcards are very specifically branding oriented. Um, I don't try to pack my entire message onto a postcard. It's really just to keep me front of mind in front of somebody, um, put a face with a name also. 
and uh, and then the letters are where I kind of unpack those the offer that I'm making. Got it. Got it. The the timing separation between letter one, postcard one. Are we talking thirty days? Are we talking two or three weeks? What's your best recommendation? Um, if you're going to mix in postcards, I would probably do a touch every three weeks. Um, if you're going to mix postcards in, if you're just doing letters, um, once a month is is generally fine. Okay. Now the eight to eleven touches, you're talking about knocking that out then within about what three or four months. I uh, know. I normally knock an eight to if it's an eleven touch, I'm going to do every um, third week. And, and it'll it'll extend for six um, six to seven months even. Okay. All right. Yep. Thanks, um, thanks, I would guys. like in front of people for a solid five months. Let's say that a solid five months is kind of the goal that you need to at minimum you need to be hitting people. They need to be aware of who you are because at that five month point, that's when families are really starting to think about selling. Not all of them. Some have sold a little earlier than that. Some are going to take a year. Some are going to take two years. But the bulk of your list is going to start thinking about or preparing that uh, for that sale at about the five-month mark. Okay. And just to make sure I'm crystal clear on this with the fact that I've got leads from September and my latest batch just arrived the other day, you know, to really hit the mailing marketing program strongly, I heard about the timing of the season, December and all that, and I agree with that. You'd recommend just go ahead and blasting all four months, not just waiting for a bit, just getting them out there all at once. I would. Yep. Okay. Do you have a campaign set up already? You know what? Do you I, have I your, don't. Do you have your sequence? Uh, no. No, I actually sent you and uh, Chuck an email there the other day, so hopefully you guys will see that. Oh, and I'd appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've got, um, I have a uh, halfway completed draft email uh, back to you. Um, but I had major payroll system problems the last two days that have kept me up till midnight, and I didn't get a chance to finish it. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I appreciate we'll, we'll, we'll have a coaching call. <laughs> hey, Bruce, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Hey, I want to add a couple of things before we get off this, and that is that, you know, it's an important thing to remember when, and, and certainly glad you got through with your surgery, and you sound like you're in great spirits, and that's wonderful, and we're glad yes. we're glad that happened. To avoid Thank you. this kind of problem, the one thing that we're encouraging and we have always encouraged people to do is that as soon as you get started with this, get yourself on autopilot. And what we mean by that is go ahead and get stuff scheduled so that you don't have to wait to get this done. It's going to happen whether you're doing it or not. Your letters will go out and your business will continue even if you are lethargic or procrastinate or you know get hit by a train and got to recover your business continues and you know you made a point about december and you know challenges in december but realize that there are folks in 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 situations right now sitting out there with probate properties on their hands that if they can get that moved out and get something happening on that now that's the best christmas gift that you could ever give to them their families everybody involved it's a time where people sometimes get highly motivated because they're all together the families get together over the holidays and it's like what are we going to do with grandma's house? You know, we've been waiting three, four months. We've got to get moving. And that's why the seasoned leads, your September leads, may be a great time to do that for your September leads. And the one thing that, that Bruce generally mentions along this time is that the older the leads are, the less likely it is that other people are going to be prospecting to them. And that's why the, the long-term campaign 
works so well. We always talk about how well probate, probate leads season. Most of the time, the people who are out there who are really looking at this in a very predatory way, all they're looking to do is to try to, you know, steal the house, make a lowball offer and get it done, or, you know, slap it into a listing and hope it happens. And people like the folks that we teach and our approach to this, which is to offer legitimate value, you're going to continue to do that and build that trust with that mailing that you're doing and the campaign that you're doing. So you're going to be the person that they think of when the right time and the right place hits. Top of mind, right mm-hmm. time. That's where you make your money. So think about right. that. And this goes for everybody on here. Get on autopilot. Thank, um, thanks, Tim. I appreciate that because that's – I heard your coaching call last Thursday, and you guys were really talking about the benefits of hitting it hard here in December while other guys are sleeping. That's the goal after being behind the eight ball. I want to finish the year strong and with my feet on the ground running for the first quarter of 2022. So I, I appreciate the coaching, the tips, and all the help that you guys bring to the table. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to add real quick. I want to... Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead, Bruce. You first. We both had sorry, some dads. Yeah. I want to say one thing really quickly that just dawned on me a second ago. Um, every single person who I'd be shocked if this wasn't the case every person who's selling a house this December across the country I would imagine especially in in the with those of us that have like mid-sized to large markets I would almost guarantee that those people who are selling a house have told sometime in the last year have told at least one person that they're not interested in selling a house so we uh we think that uh we think that these lists that are that are older they've already been combed through but a lot of times they've answered the uh they've answered the phone they've gotten letters before from your competitors and they've said no I'm not selling and inevitably uh a large portion of those people end up putting their house on the market or end up selling to an investor cuz so just cuz someone says no to you or a competitor doesn't mean that they're not going to be ready in a month or two. So it's worth it's worth the follow up. It's worth pursuing the leads that have told everybody else no because they're getting sitting down with their families, like Tim said, and they're preparing for the market. They're having conversations. They're changing their mind. Their motivations change, and when motivations change, their answers change. So um, those older leads, I wouldn't worry about those at all. There's plenty of business left in there. Super. Thanks, Absolutely. Bruce. Hey, the other thing I was going to add, and you sound like you have a pretty good handle on it, um, you know, good attitude and you're going to be doing the right things. If, I could just picture somebody on the call doing their budget. You know, I get 100 leads a month. I'm going to do an 11-touch campaign. That's going to get expensive. I I just wanted to state the obvious that if you're doing it correctly and you're making the calls, you're not going to mail to all of them 11 times because by the time you get to the third, fourth, fifth month, if you're making the calls, you should have disqualified a significant number of them. And by the time you get to the 11th month, you know, it may only be 10, 20% that are still survived <laughs> that, that want to sell that you haven't disqualified. So it kind of gives you a financial incentive, incentive to get on the phone and make the calls so you don't mail to people that have already, you know, listed or sold their property. So right. just, just a thought, just a, just an add-on thought that I had in case uh, anybody was uh, thinking, wow, you know, 11 mailings, that's going to get expensive. You you rarely mail you're never going to mail to everybody 11 times. You know, it's just going to be the survivors. Well, I plan on using... Imagine if you're... Go ahead, Winston. What's that, Bruce? No, I was going to say, I think it was uh, 
either Jim or Tim that brought up probate cash again. I'm going to use the heck out of that, and hopefully we can do some good and help people, especially this time of year. And if I get a little 300 referral, then that's definitely going to help me with my future marketing cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we appreciate that. We have a few of your vendors were, were throwing in on yep. that as well. Yep. Got it. All right. Got it. Well, thank you for stepping up. As soon as you did, a few other people followed examples. We got a few more in the queue. Uh, next up is phone number ending in 2096. You're up next. Hi, I have a similar question to the last caller where I've been through the training, done lots of studying on probates. And I just feel stuck. Like my process is pretty manual. I'm in an area where you don't sell the leads um, unless they've already been through the probate process. So I'm having a hard time like getting this process on autopilot and getting the letters out, getting a system going. So just looking for some advice on how to best do that and get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how long have you uh, have you been with us? Um, I took the training, yeah, probably a year and a half ago, <laughs> okay. and then I yep. sent some letters out. I subscribed to the white pages, made some calls, and just kind of got stuck in the the manual process of it all. But I'm looking to hire a virtual assistant to hopefully mm-hmm. help with this. You know, at least the digital side. I'll still have to do either send it to a mail house and get it sent out, or just you know print it myself and mail it out. So where you um, where you need to start, um, number one is uh, it, it's, uh, I generally don't tell people to do uh, to get too worried about the planning, but uh, but you, you're going to need a little bit of a plan um, first. So the first thing I would do is I would just sit down with a piece of paper, and I'd say, okay, in a perfect world, how many mail touches would I send out? Okay, um, make a list of the general idea of what each one of those mail pieces would say. Um, if you're following my general formula, it's letter, postcard, letter, postcard, extended through about five months. Um, you want to lead with um, uh, real estate help type messages first. So um, especially if your list is newer, um, they're they're often not thinking about selling yet, so they're gonna um, they're gonna find um, an offer to help or, or provide them team members that can that can get them through the process. They're gonna find that a little bit more appealing than a "Hey, do you want to sell the house?" type of message. So I'm leading with um, help-based letters first, um, and then as I get further into that campaign, I'll send a couple of real estate-focused letters. Um, I do encourage you to call everyone once a month. Um, if you can call more than once a month, that's totally fine. And don't get um, don't get worried if they haven't answered. Uh, so often I hear um, our clients say, I've called them three times. If they wanted to talk to me, they would have called me back. Um, and that is true. If they wanted to talk to you when you called them, they would have called you back. But they don't always want to talk when you call them. So you need to keep in touch with them. That campaign that you're doing has to, it really needs to, to stick with them for six months. Okay. Um, so that would be the first thing. I would say um, automate your letters through all the leads. That, um, all the leads we can do your letters for you. You don't even have to think about it. You get a copy of the letter so you know when it hits. And, um, 
and you can uh, take people out as you have conversations, or if they say, hey, I don't have real estate, um, you can scrub them right out in the system so you don't have to worry about trying to update a list with the um, with whatever mailhouse you're using um, when you find people that don't have real estate or have told you to walk in front of traffic. Um, so <laughs> I encourage you to use kind of the ATL, um, ATL system for that. Um, I've done mail myself uh, many times, and I completely understand when someone's business conscious um, or, or budget conscious why they would want to do it themselves. So I can get behind that if it's a budget issue. Um, but just make sure that whatever you do, you've got the right help to be able to stay on top of it. And the best way to do that is just set it up, um, automate it so that you can forget that aspect of your business moving forward. You don't have to worry about it. You know that it's going to happen. Um, right. The uh, calls at that point become the most important thing. Um, if your letters are on automation, your calls become important. You've got to have a ritual that you're sticking to um, with those calls because it's really easy to take the lazy way out and say, hey, they're getting a letter. They're going to call me if they're interested. And the truth is 80% of your business is probably going to come from a call. Mm-hmm. Erica, you, you actually took the training uh over two years ago, I just checked real quick, and it doesn't look like you've actually gotten any leads. Have you? Where have you been getting the leads from? Have you been going down the courthouse yourself, and in have you been doing your own mailings, or you just haven't really started at all yet? Well, I was going through the legal transcripts um, and just getting them manually. Uh, I found a yeah. website where you can now go and get stuff online, so I don't have to pay for the transcripts, but. Um, I mean, I guess I get stuck, too, with, like, do I put them all in Excel, and how do I figure out how many touches they've had? It seems like just such a manual process. Do you put them in a database so that it prompts you what to do next type thing? I guess I need, like, a workflow. Um, Are you you currently using a dialer or CRM at this point or no? Um, I am researching CRMs currently. Okay, okay. So if you're basing your campaign very heavily on, on the phone, which um, which we really, really encourage you to do. If you're doing that, then you should get yourself a dialer, something like um, uh, Mojo. So Mojo is uh, not really a CRM where you're going to drop a bunch of emails or anything like that, but it's a really great system to be able to um, keep track of who you called most recently, how many times you've called each list, um, and and how how many calls you still have left to make from a phone perspective. So I recommend them. Um, we, with our ISAs, we use CRM Grow. So those are the two dialers that I'm a big fan of. Um, there's a handful of, just be careful if you go outside of those two, there's um, a handful of dialers that just aren't, um, they don't do what they say they're going to do. But those are the two best ones that we've found. And if you're not doing emails, then a dialer can function as a really affordable CRM for you. Okay. All right. Does that now, do if you want to send too? property alerts, and um, uh, CRM Grow does do texting. Um, I don't think that Mojo does. Um, I know CRM Grow does. Okay. And the, the CRM Grow technically, well, technically is a CRM. I mean, it'll, it'll, um, it's uh, I think fifty bucks a month. If you add the dialer component in, I believe it's another hundred. But it's not too bad when you're uh, comparing that with a full-blown CRM with a website attached to it that might run eight hundred a month. Sure. 
So it depends on what you need in your business. If you need property alerts and you're focused on buyers and you want a, a website that promotes listings and things like that, go get a traditional CRM. If you're doing this from a dialer standpoint, um, I would go with a Mojo or a CRM Grow. Okay, perfect. And of course, um, with our leads, anyone that is uh, looking at ours, we have a CRM attached to the ATL system as well. Um, it's not a dialer, but it can at least keep you structured and organized with the leads you, that you're working. And Erica, you're in you're in, you're in Texas, correct? No, Colorado. Oh, you are okay. You're when you're originally in 2019 when you originally <laughs> filled out the ticket. I think you asked about Texas. So, yeah. In what what county in Colorado are you in? El Paso County. Okay. Yeah, there are some counties. You're correct. Then some counties in Colorado, um, you can't get the data until the probate's completed. You know, which is it can be a downside, but it can be an upside too because just like old leads, by that point, they should be ready to do something. You know, it's you. The probate's completed, they've got title, and, you know, it's been a while, so, you know, they're probably over the grief, and, you know, they're farther along in the process by the time you're able to get the data. So, yep, so it's kind of a catch-22, so. So, you're going to go out starting Monday and do everything we told you and start uh, taking advantage of these leads, right? Today, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anything else we could help you with this week? No, thank you so much. I appreciate the calls, and I, I do learn a lot from you guys. Erica, hang on, All right. hang well, on just a really fast second. Um, Erica, if you took training um, two years ago, it probably was not foundations. It would have been most likely mastery. Um, come to foundations. Um, mastery is an amazing course. I absolutely love it. Foundations um, is just a little bit more focused on what to say on the phone and what your marketing needs to look like. So in uh, January, if you're free in the first week of January, sign up for um, Probate Foundations, and that probably is going to help as well. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right, well, we have one more in the queue. This will be last call. If anybody else wants to jump in, it's star six and hit one. In the meantime... The last one in there is phone number ending in 7288. You're up next. Hi, how's it going? Hey, great. This Timothy? Um, so I've actually... No, my uh, my name is Dalton, actually. Oh, okay. I'm not sure Your caller ID is different name. Like yeah. <laughs> All right, go um, ahead, Dalton. What can we do for you? So I've never been in one of these probate calls, actually. Um. I'm okay. very new to the Welcome. real estate stuff. Thanks. Um, I got a lead of probate, and I just want to maybe get some common questions that should be asked so that I don't sound, um, like, silly. Sure. <laughs> um, so I know she's oh, executor man. of a state, but I don't really know what that means quite yet. Uh, so the executor is just going to be the individual who has been given um, court or government authority to um, uh, oversee the um, process of, of that estate or that probate process. So you'll have um, sometimes multiple heirs to a property, and oftentimes the decedent or the family chooses the person that has either the most free time or is the most organized to do the job of settling the probate. So it's a lot of paperwork. They have to make sure that the um, 
personal property gets divided up and sold, and they have to uh, really oversee the bank account as well, so that um, so that everyone that is owed money gets paid money, and that that the heirs get the proper distribution. So that's what the executor does. Um, also known as executrix, if it's a woman, or the generic term for it is personal representative. Same, those are all the same. Um, they're synonymous with one another. Okay. Um, so as far as that, like with, um, is, is that like same as a power of attorney then? Will they have like a thing from their lawyer, uh, like an email? <clears throat> that I would need uh, to get? No. No. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I, I don't mean to answer it emphatically like that. I don't know why you would need to get a power of attorney. So um, give me a little bit more background on the scenario so that I can tell you sure. why you would need um, to. So her sister just passed away. Yeah. Um, and she, she was saying she won't be um, – uh, I, well, I can't remember what you called it. The executor, but female side. Um, until the beginning of the year. Yep, executrix. Uh, executrix. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she yeah. won't be until the beginning of the year. Um, and they're they're worried about losing the house. So I was kind of curious mm -hmm. if that course or that program you were just talking about a minute ago, um, if that would be something they would be interested in. Yep. Um, Cash advance, you mean? Um, sure. No. Oh, the, no. Oh, I, forgive me. You you said cash advance. Forgive me. I, I thought I thought you said course. Okay. Um, the cash advance, yes. The course, no. The course is not how to get through probate. The course is um, how you, as an agent or an investor, can um, maximize your um, your business in the probate space. Um, so don't send anyone <laughs> that's not an agent to the class because I'm telling you how to sell them on using on using your services in that class. Um, right. The, the if they're not an executor or executrix yet, odds are depending on the state, well, really not depending on the state. If they if they haven't been given authority by the court yet, then they probably can't sell property, not until they've been given authority. Most okay. um most banks and I don't know this is this probably will depend on the state. Most banks can't um, foreclose on a property. They, they typically have to give at least six months after someone passes away for the family to um, sell the property. So if, that, if the decedent passed away recently, uh, the overwhelming uh, majority of the time, the bank can't come get that house. So they have a couple of months at least. Okay. Does that help? All right. Um, yeah, that does. I don't know. I don't have any other questions here written down, so I'll just keep joining these classes, and I'll come right. on the back burner, and I'll give them calls. All right. Well, thanks for jumping in. We appreciate you attending and participating. All right. We have one more in the queue. One more. I, Bruce, I know you've got to go right on time today to get uh, started with the Foundations class, so uh looks like our last caller is going to be phone number ending in 1476. You're up last. Good afternoon. This is Maggie. So I took your um, class or your course uh, a few years ago, your probate master's course, 
And I haven't fully used it. I've been doing a lot of other things, investing. I've been doing uh, more buyer stuff. And now I want to refocus and and get more heavily involved in listings. And I thought, boy, I've got this information I'm not using. So my question is, what's a good way to get back in the saddle (laughs) and start riding this horse again? Um, So... Uh, if you've taken probate mastery and if you've paid for it, I believe that you can get um, back into it. Don't quote me on that. So that's uh, probate mastery's Chad um, Corbett's class. And um, it kind of covers a lot of everything. It's very heavily focused on the probate process, uh, on the process of probate, not exclusively, okay, but heavily. Um, I would also take probate foundations in January and it's going to be, the very beginning of January and foundations. If you're a subscriber, it's free. Um, it goes over the process of you getting business. We're not big into the probate process in that class. Um, we'll teach you that on these mastermind calls, or you can take probate mastery if you want to understand probate process a little bit more. But if you want to understand what you need to be doing in your business, get into foundations. Yes. Um, next okay. thing is if you're a subscriber, take advantage of the free coaching calls. We'll do a free um, coaching session with you once a month um, for as many months as you uh, are with us or as, as many months as you need it. And those are, are good um, kind of customized direction for you. Um, okay. And other than that, sit down with a piece of paper and build out your campaign. Like I've mentioned on the call a few times, um, yeah. the, the uh, next question that people typically ask is what letter needs to go where? And uh, right. the truth is, is you don't know who your, um, what personality your prospect has. You don't, there's a lot of things you don't know about the individuals in your campaign. So I'm going to tell you, um, it doesn't really matter if you send a specific letter at a specific time. Um, you just want that consistency. So that's going to be the biggest thing that you need to focus on is creating that consistency. And guess what? If you get it wrong and um, you uh, send uh, a couple of letters and, and an order that doesn't work for one person, that order might work for the next person. So um, don't get too hung up on having to do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And would you recommend that you, I have not done your leads program? So I'm just wondering, is that something I should do now or wait until I do the um, foundations course? Um for the most part, I would just do it. Normally, when you um, when you grab our uh, leads program, you could be anywhere from a week to three and a half or four weeks even from getting your first set of leads. It depends on um, when we last delivered, or it depends on the county that you're in, whether we um, are whether we have a researcher in that market. So I would at least check on the leads um, now, and okay. um, and and you've got a five, six-month runway with your average lead. So if you don't have your campaign perfectly laid out for two or three weeks after you get your first set of leads, it's not really going to hurt anything because you're okay. you're building a campaign for the long run. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm ready to get back on. All right. Contact. Well, thank you, Maggie. I was... I was about to say it's so interesting the way the we have different themes on different calls. Every week is completely unique. But our theme today with Erica Dalton and Maggie seems to be people that, you know, kind of got a little exposure a couple years ago and didn't do much of anything, and now they're reconsidering it, which we love. I mean, it's never too late to get started. And 
I would say it's even more urgent to find, uh, you know, out-of-the-box creative lead sources, uh, especially for listings today, than it would have been a couple of years ago. So if it's okay with the three of you, Erica, Dalton, and Maggie, I'll have one of our account representatives reach out to you at the number you called in at, in on, and just kind of walk you through the whole program again and explain everything. Is that okay with you, Maggie? Yes, it is. Please. please. All right. And Oh, you know what? We had two more jump in the queue. Uh, Bruce, are you good for another 10 minutes? Um, I'm good for another? five minutes. All right. We're going to try to squeeze uh, both in if we can. Uh, real quick, next up is Roger Lacey. Roger, this is, a, this is hard for both you and I, but uh, briefly, how, how are you and what's up? <laughs> what words of wisdom did you want to share? I'll make it. I'll make it short and sweet. Got three things going on, uh, and uh, just uh, to the audience that's listening, every one of them is different. Uh, have a, uh, a probate that was brought to me uh, in uh, a different county, and uh, mom died. There was a a, a a daughter and a a son that had Down syndrome that lived with her, and the husband died two years ago. Nothing had been probated on the husband's side. The daughter was uh, the, the daughter of the father uh, from a previous marriage, and the Down syndrome child was the daughter of the mother who who recently died. So they brought me in, and I'm sitting there going, well, has anything been probated? And he said, no, but I want to buy the house. My investor brought it to me. He said, you know probate, Roger. I want you to tell me how how this has got to work. And I said, let me see if I can find the the daughter that uh, because I, who's who's taking care of the Down syndrome child. Found her, got her hooked up with an attorney. She doesn't have guardianship. Uh, called one of her aunts, uh, the uh, the sister of the deceased. Maybe that's a place that I can get somebody to uh, file and uh, file probate in the state of Arkansas, and it's uh, it's it's an ongoing ongoing deal. The house is going to be foreclosed on, and I think the worst case is uh, that my uh, I won't be able to get probate filed and find guardianship for the biological son who's got Down syndrome, and um, it's just. It just blew my mind. I'm using every aspect of what I've learned uh, in uh, in this and my whole real estate because I'm dealing with a foreclosure, trying to do stuff to stop the foreclosure, but that's not going to happen. So I've advised my investor, let's show up at the uh, foreclosure sale and uh, pick it up there because uh, we, we're unable to get anybody to file probate for this. And I am using this as a as a quick lesson for anybody that I've talked to to say this was not fun. This is what can happen. Get your get your people into a trust. Get your property into a trust. And here are three uh, people that can help you get your get your, get your estate into trust. That was as quick as I can make that story. The other one uh, we'll we'll let number two then the second call deal uh, go through. Hey, come back next week. A story a week from Roger for December. How's that? The uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was that, a good that, one, that, buddy. That, we, What's that? It may it may it may wind up. I'll have to go resort to something like who's on first. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Great story, my friend. We appreciate uh, I think you. The new version of that is uh, is I was watching an episode of you. 
All right. Nobody's going to get that, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. That's like, that's like, Phil. All right. Let's thank you very much, Roger. Great story, great win. And I think you're the win of the week, buddy. Thank you. All right. Let's try real quick. We got two minutes. Last up this week is phone number ending in 7428. Is it something quick or can we call you back off the call? Yeah, no, this is pretty quick. I was uh, rolling through some old leads um, and uh, had a good conversation with the um, the uh, one who inherited the property, and she was um, sounded like uh, having success with a with an existing tenant as a rental, and uh, just I think re-upped the lease with an increase in the rent. And um, yeah, I was curious to know what kind of bucket as far as follow-up goes you would stick a lead like that in uh, as far as um, next contact is it do I continue so to they just re- they just letters? renewed a, a year's lease right there is lease for another I year believe so. I should have okay. that but I didn't but it was uh I'm assuming so yeah yep Bruce qu- quick months. answer please three months three months Every, okay. every three months, and then and then in, a, in, a, in about month uh, nine, I would uh, jump on them um, every every thirty to forty five days, um, it, unless they say, "Hey, we're we're about to renew again." Uh huh. Then go back to the three three months. Yeah, if they're going to renew again, I would just do it every um, third. It's, in a year, you might even do it every every four or five months. Um, just don't let them forget you. Um, so for right. now, every three months, if they renew again, every fifth or sixth month is fine. Okay. And uh, All right. what, what would be a good value play or option to be the kind of reason for the call? Hey, I was thinking about you. Um, I don't know if you guys have PMI or not, but if you have PMI, here's a value for the property. You might want to get rid of it. Um, hey, I was thinking about you. wanted to see how that lease was going. It looks like rents have gone up a little bit this year. Are you going to up the rent? Um, hey, here's what values have done. Have you thought about selling yet? Um, hey, uh, there's a new school coming into the community. Just look for little different things. Sure. We should have these um, triggers built into our business anyway for all of our prospects. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Thank all you. All right. Thank you. All right, uh, gang. Great call. Great participation. We got it. We took it right to the end. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here. I want to particularly thank the half a dozen people that actively participated. I want to challenge each of you, take one thought, one idea, one thing that inspired you on this call, go out and put it into practice, and please come back next Thursday and share the results with the group. Have a great week, everybody. We will talk to you same time next Thursday.